All right. So here we are with Aiden Rowland, who's a senior at the George Washington University. Um, so Aiden, let's start talking about the rowing team first. You're a member of the uh, men's team here at George mm -hmm. Washington University. I know that two years ago, the team went through a drastic change, a major transition in the way that the team uh, competes at a national level. So talk to me about the process that uh, happened across the pandemic and how the team uh, managed the situation at that time. Yeah, uh, well first, thanks for having me. Um, I think this is a super cool platform to get to know people on. Um, I've never done anything like this before, so happy to happy to be a part. But uh, yeah, I guess guess we'll dive right in. Yeah, senior on the team this year. Excuse me. Uh, I'm president this year. Was VP last year. Um, initially got recruited to GW um, in the fall of 2019 my first semester as a freshman um, back when we were still varsity um, and then uh, obviously the pandemic happened uh, spring of 2020 spring of 2020 and we all got sent home so didn't really compete my freshman year uh, but that's that was not isolated to us that was you know felt worldwide so we trained at home as a team for in March till uh, whenever we came back in August so you know probably six months or something mm -hmm. uh, but you know right before we were going to come back to school I think it might have been August 1st maybe July 31st it was a Friday I'll never forget it it was a Friday I was going to go up to a cabin with my friends as kind of a last summer little escape uh, we'd all been you know, being very safe and no, nobody had COVID, so we were all going to go up and hang out. But uh, I woke up around 8 a.m. in Arizona, and I checked my phone, and it, it, it was just blowing up. Um, just a bunch of missed calls, a bunch of missed texts, and I was like, "What? what's going on? What, what's happening? Uh, I called my coach. He didn't answer. Called my assistant. He didn't answer. Called my other assistant coach. He picked up. And he had informed me that the team was asked very rapidly to hop on to a Zoom call with the athletic director. And on that call, the athletic director said, you know, of these teams, you're cut. We're going to, you know, discontinue your varsity status. No warning, no upfront. They didn't make it known to us. Um, there was no, hey, we're thinking about this process. You know, maybe you should reconsider your decision coming here as we're evaluating this. Nope, one morning, just your cut is what they told us. Uh, so that was a very tough pill to swallow. Uh, you, you can imagine in, in the team shoes, you know, we were building, we we're really, really fast. Um, and then you can imagine us as a freshman class, right, coming into GW, signing for four years, you know, it was the reason we all came to GW. We came to row, yeah. came to go to school, and then for one day, for us to wake up and have the trajectory of our lives altered without us having any say in that was pretty, pretty challenging. I remember talking to my parents about it. You know, you know what was I gonna do? 
we still had, and they said on the call that the year, my sophomore year, was going to be the last year of varsity. Um, but with COVID up in the air, you know, nobody really knew what that would look like. And this was before vaccines, before, you know, anything. So it's like peak, like peak COVID, peak yeah. COVID, if you could call it that fall 2020. Uh, but, you know, we decided to come back to campus. It was tough in the fall. We were in singles, we didn't row as a team, really. Uh, we went home for Christmas break at Thanksgiving, finished out the semester online, came back in the spring of 2021 and it took us months to get into eights um, as with certain regulations that the university was playing around um, it was just you know the way the cards were dealt uh, but we got an eights and we made the most of it and we ended up winning a ton of really awesome races and ultimately placed seventh in the country which was the team best by or pro program history by the, the previous top finish that we had had was 13th. So we dramatically improved on our national ranking, and then that was it. We were done. Uh, we lost all of the recruiting class, apart from two guys that were coming in. We lost all of our recruits in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, the, the trajectory of the team was completely stopped. The the reason that we had all come to GW was, you know, to use their term, cut. Like, we we didn't know what to do. It, it was like waking up and being told, oh, that this sport that you've put in, you know, most of your adult life, young adult life into, doesn't mean anything anymore. And from our point of view, we, we felt like we were being told that, you know, we were worthless. Um, we, or myself, just didn't feel like it was handled appropriately. Mm -hmm. uh, and we get that there's reasonings behind every decision, but at, at least for me, right, the, the amount of time and effort that I put into something is, is impactful. And then for that thing that I've put in so much time, the reason I put GW on my chest, like go out and compete against all these other rival schools to be told that that was no, no longer a priority was was very challenging to cope with yeah i mean the fact that like people actually s sacrifice so much in high school to get recruited to a top college uh in like a specific sport and then stuff like this happens it's just it, it must have broken your heart uh i really cannot imagine the pain that the team went through honestly um, yeah no it was um it was hard you know fortunately most guys came back for that last year of varsity status we had the mm -hmm. two seniors that graduated come back for fifth year so it was the same team from our freshman year and we grew really really close mm -hmm. uh, but our, our head coach back then Eric Gerke you know he had just moved to the area his wife had just had a kid they had just settled down and then his job was basically ripped out from underneath his feet you know we were left with this you know what are we gonna do because we all came to row Everybody contemplated transferring. We all had opportunities to leave. Uh, some guys did. Uh, our coxswain also left. Uh, but the majority of us stayed um, stayed at GW. And, I mean, I could see the passion of majority of the team last year when I was part of the team. Um, 
yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was out of this world. The team passion, um, the passion to row together every day in the morning at 6 a.m. on the water. It was just amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly a unique sport. Um, I don't think people truly understand until they get into it. And then once you get into it, you realize that it's unlike anything else that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, that was kind of the reason that we all stayed was we were so close as a group. And if we, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. Yeah. You know, going into the summer before junior year, you know, we were all contemplating, do I go here? Do I go there? Like what opportunities do I take? Because we all had stuff on our table that we could have, we could have just gone to a number of different schools. But at least for me, I was just like, it, it doesn't feel right to leave these guys that I've been with been through so much with in a very very short but also very long two years mm-hmm. um, was the main driving force behind why I didn't leave yeah uh, I mean of course after you guys heard about the transition the morale must have been like to be quite literal shit for the whole year yeah so like I mean I'm imagining even the coach the coach probably was like, I don't I don't want to do this. He yeah. must have been, like, tired, you know, of the stuff that he'd been hearing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, how did the team cope with that? No, it was, it was very hard. Um, there was a lot of resentment, and I think there still is, mm-hmm. to the people that were involved in the decision. Uh, it's, it's very hard from the point of view of us, the students, the athletes. Yeah to be not even have an in-person meeting to have a zoom call uh and and to be told you're not worth our time anymore you know we we've decided to cut your varsity status even though you're the top ranked national team on campus um it's and and, you know that's not the message that they were trying to send but that's the message that went across yeah and i think that's unavoidable Mm -hmm. in any situation uh, but no, you're right. The morale wasn't great. It was not. I still, that weekend, I still went up to the cabin with my friends, but I did not have a good time. I was really sad. I was mad. Mm-hmm. I think mad more than anything. Um, you know, the fall was tough with COVID, with the training program. It just wasn't the same. Uh, and then in the spring, you know, when we were finally let back into eights, starting to feel a little bit more like a, like a program, it, the, the mood changed from kind of the head in the clouds, woe is me, to a, if this is the last year, like, let's just give it everything we have. Um, and I thought that we did that. Um, you know, there was, there was very much of like, let's, let's prove them wrong. Let's, like, we're, we're here, whether or not we can change the decision, we're gonna show why that we deserve to have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, seventh place nationally you know beating a bunch of different crews beating a bunch of different rival schools that GW likes to compare itself to what was kind of a nice way to to tie a bow on it mm-hmm. um, but yeah no the the mood the atmosphere it was very much for the guys and that was the only people we were doing it for I mean, I'm just trying to think of the way you guys ended things. Uh, you know, 
the best finish that the program has had in years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you guys, how, were, how like how did it feel after the last race that I raced? Must have been emotional. Oh man, um, <laughs> I think about that day constantly. I have a ton of pictures in my room of you know us finishing. Our boat won the the petite final. Like we beat. We beat Brown, Wisconsin, Cornell, Stanford, <laughs> Navy. Like, I know everybody that we beat. Um, no, it, it, we finished that race, and we couldn't really believe what had happened. You know, it was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. We were in Mercer, New Jersey. Um, uh, it, like, it was an eerie feeling because we, we were down off the line. We were down most of the race, and then mm-hmm. we just walked back through everyone to end up winning by open water and it was kind of surreal uh you know we crossed the finish line super happy highest of highs Mm -hmm. throwing water everywhere like yelling at each other just super super happy and then we you know went for a little cool down and then we stopped and sat in the rain for a little bit and then it sunk in like oh my god that could have been it because yeah. at that point, we had no idea what the team was going to look like next year. We didn't know if there was going to be a team next year. And then, you know, nine big guys, right, just start, at least for myself, like, I just started crying. Yeah. Um, and it, it was tears of joy, but also sadness because like that, that boat came together. The team was so close. Um, the... The only way to describe it was the highest of highs and the lowest of lows at the same time. Yeah. And it was an unforgettable day. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Yeah, I'm sure. And you guys did come, the team did come back and kick some butt, I must say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we pulled it together. Uh, we became a club team. Uh, we recruited the best we could. We got a bunch of guys like yourself that had never touched rowing before at all and you ended up becoming a national champion which is pretty sweet especially for the first year for a club team uh we we came on the club circuit and you know really proved our worth Mm -hmm. i thought uh that's the goal again this year right repeat repeat title um but yeah we the determination I think a good word to describe at least the guys that were on the varsity team that got cut and stuck around is resilience. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the key words for our team this year, resilience. Like we've been through so much. We've been knocked down, but there's not a lot of quit in us. Yeah. We don't We don't like quitting. Um, so we're just going to keep going. And I thought that that showed off last year through the ups and downs of the season, through the turmoil of getting something new started. And I'm just looking forward to building on that this year. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty pretty dynamic ride, I must say. Yeah. Uh, so you went from being an athlete on a D1 team to then leading a club team, one of the best club teams in the world, in the U.S. at least, mm-hmm. right? Um, how was that transition? You went from being just an athlete at a team to being the vice president of the team. What were the responsibilities that suddenly came up, which you didn't expect, and you know yeah i mean the the one thing you know being a on a d1 team in a department um a lot of stuff is done for you Mm -hmm. Uh, off the top of my head travel financing maintenance paying people 
everything you can imagine running an organization, you don't have to worry about. You just have to worry about what time is practice, what are we doing, you know, what do I need to eat that day, get my work done, yeah. stuff like that. When you switch over to a club team that is essentially entirely run by the students, mm-hmm. the mantle of responsibility that you have to take on increases exponentially. Yeah. So over the summer when we're building the club team, you know, writing the constitution, writing the bylaws of the organization, talking with alumni, how are we going to do this, you know, sorting out the equipment. Okay, we still have the equipment. Where's all the paperwork that goes with the equipment? Like how are we going to get a coach? Who's going to oversee the coach? Well, okay, but if we want to go to these races and we have to enter these races, um that requires credentials and who is the credentials and just how are we going to finance the team? Because rowing is not a cheap sport. And, you know, doing all of that, which was done for us, and now that's immediately thrust onto ourselves, is a lot to handle. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, last year, Patty was a great, great president, uh, one of the more committed guys to anything I think I've ever met in my life. Uh, I think I've learned more from him than a lot of people Uh, and he kind of taught me you know kind of the qualities that I've transitioned into this year now as the president of the team that I have to kind of move forward and develop makes sense yeah Um, so let's switch things a little bit and let's talk about your life outside growing now Mm -hmm. so you have contributed to the GWSB community a lot from what I hear, uh, you're a mentor at the GWSB Community of Practices as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you talk about what you do uh, at GWSB? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, you know, is is kind of a silver lining, right? As as much as you can be involved with the team, like I wanted a little bit more because mm-hmm. GW is an expensive school, and you want to get as much out of your time here as possible. And I realized that even more so as a senior who did a year and a half online. Um, I wanted to be as involved as I could be mm-hmm. without over overreaching. Yeah. You know, um, you don't want to be too busy because then stuff starts to fall, fall through the cracks. But um, I guess start back to my sophomore year, I applied for a mentee position in REFA, which is the Real Estate and Finance Alliance group here at GW. Um, which is kind of the flat, they like to market it as like the flagship program for real estate and finance. Uh, so it's, you know, you three rounds of interviews, really competitive to get in. Uh, I got in fortunately enough and I've, you know, really enjoyed my time in the group. And through that involvement, I've met a bunch of really awesome alumni, uh, recent alums, older alums, people involved with the community, as well as additional faculty members. Mm-hmm. And that was really great my sophomore year, even though we were all online, just kind of building the network, right? Yeah. Just like spreading the, the pathways. Uh, and then during that spring, right, sophomore spring, I applied to be a mentor in the school business. And the mentors teach the career leader development courses mm-hmm. or business leader development. The, yeah. the name is interchangeable. Uh, and I got in, fortunately, you know, over the summer, I was all set to you know mentor freshmen that have just arrived on campus. You know, show them the ropes a little bit, mm-hmm. introduce them to resumes, cover letters, and 
they put me up to the 3001 class, which has a bunch of juniors and seniors in it. And I was like, all right, here we go. Uh, but I was able to teach with some really interesting people, some really great members of the community here in the business school. You know, again, the network increasing who you know. Uh, but, you know, standing in front of a classroom, teaching people has probably taught me more than I've taught the students. Uh, speaking skills, being comfortable, standing yeah. in a spotlight, uh, having the responsibility of grading, of, of listening to concerns that students have, trying to tailor the course to your class, all that. I haven't, there hasn't been a day where I've not enjoyed my involvement. And then fortunately enough, I interviewed to become a mentor coach. So now while I get to do the same thing, still in the classroom teaching students, I now get to share my experience with the fellow, mentor, fellow mentors um, and help them out with any questions that they have. That's great. I mean, um, you're someone who like I've looked up to in terms of doing things and helping mm -hmm. the community at GW at least. Um, and yeah, I think it's like great that you've been like doing all of this. Let's talk about your academic life now. Mm -hmm. um, so talk to me about your major and why you picked the field that you've been interested in for a while. Um, mainly because as a freshman last year, I was very confused uh, regarding the field. There were like, there's so many options here at GW at least, mm -hmm. and I'm sure that a lot of the freshmen go through this phase where they're confused and they don't know what to do about picking a field. How did you go about your selection? Yeah, that's a, that's a question. Uh, I was in the same position my freshman year. I came in not knowing what I wanted to do. I said, you know, I'm going to major in business. That's pretty broad. Yeah. Going to get exposed to everything. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I started to look into real estate just a little bit because I said, oh, you know what would be really cool? If I could build a building and put my name on it. And then that interest kind of led me into exploring the field a little bit more. And then I realized that that is a very childish way to look at the real estate industry. It's not just building buildings. It's mm -hmm. a very small part of it. Yeah. Uh, so I joined the reefer program, got exposure there, realized that it was very interesting, was fortunate enough to get an internship at Western Alliance Bank in Arizona for that summer in between sophomore and junior year. Worked on the affordable housing side, so dealt with kind of portfolio management, mm -hmm. tracking construction liens, construction work orders, um, basically managing a portfolio of properties, Yeah, uh, which was super interesting. I enjoyed the team that I worked with. Uh, everybody was really awesome, very, very passionate about the affordable housing market, uh, which is something that the country sorely needs right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is very challenging and nuanced and complicated, and there's a lot of red tape around it. Uh, but that's another conversation. And then this summer, so before senior year, I was able to intern at a development firm, Dalian Development, here in DC, so just on New York Avenue and 11th Street. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. I, I like the people I worked with, I like the stuff we did, and that's the acquiring land, building a building, putting your name on the building, running the building, like that's, 
that's kind of the bread and butter of what I really enjoyed. And I found that I really enjoyed doing that this summer, going on um, a site visit in Pittsburgh, looking at their property, talking with the construction people, talking with architects, having a hand, developers have a hand in everything. Mm -hmm. And and oftentimes developers get a bad rap for, oh, why is the developer coming in? Why are they building this? This is ruining the community. And that's what I thought initially. And sometimes I still have those thoughts, you know, when I'm back home in my home na own neighborhood, like, oh, why, why did they build that house? That's so ugly. Uh, but the more I spent time looking into the reasoning about why developments are good uh, is they, they bring added wealth, they bring added, you know, opportunities to the area. And, and that, that was really interesting. And there's a way to do it. And depending on which company you work for, they have the right interests in mind. And, and Dalian is a great company. They've got really stuff in the pipeline. And, and I just really can't say enough positive things about my experience there. Just getting exposure to everything. Not becoming an expert at one thing, but mm -hmm. having a hand in, in every single you know, part of the process. Did you get, did you get experience at a field other than real estate before these internships or did you have like a source where you learned about a specific field where and then you said maybe not for me um well my first job i ever had was working at a lexus dealership in arizona uh so i got a little bit exposure to the car industry mm -hmm. which is interesting i really love cars i'm yeah. never not gonna like cars uh, but the work I was there, I was valet running around in the hot sun in the summer like that. That wasn't that enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Cool cars, but just the, the work, the hours, the, you know, just wasn't for me. Um, my dad has been in banking his whole career. My mom has been in medical device sales her whole career. So I've, I know those two areas, you know, pretty well. And I think they're both really interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm not somebody that can, you know, standing in in an operating room and like blood and stuff like that that's not for me so I, immediately the medical industry was just was just out of reach mm -hmm. uh and then you know i did my time at the bank i really enjoyed it uh and i think what my dad does with small business loans is really interesting and i'm actually taking a class this year called small business management uh so kind of stemming from that interest and i think that's really important to understand if you go into real estate and you develop a building, you need to find people to own or, or occupy that building, and that's yeah. where small business connections, you know, people skills comes into play. Um, so I've had that that exposure, but I, I think the looking at a building, understand the intricacies of how it was built, how it works, what it does, is so interesting. I think the sustainability aspect of it too, you know, the lead certification, the, you know, the different financing methods that you can use if you're looking at to do a sustainable building is really, really interesting. And I touched on that this summer as well. Uh, so that's something I'm hoping to explore in the future. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, so you talked about how Rifa had a significant uh, part to play in your uh, college career and like mm -hmm. hopefully professional career as well. What are the few things that Rifa does in terms of mentoring? Like, is it just networking events or how does it go about? I'm just curious because. Yeah. And no, I, I think that's a good question. And a lot of my students who are sophomores ask me the same thing. Um, you know, 
what is this program? Why is it beneficial? Why do you talk about it in such high regard? Mm -hmm. What it does is it gives you exposure. And that this interview process, the application process, is not meant to deter anyone from applying. Mm -hmm. It's meant to get through to the person to really think about, is this something I want to do? The most important thing that I tell people who are trying to get into the program is you have to have an interest. It's hard to put in a lot of work for something yeah. if the foundation, the passion is not there. And, and that's the really nice thing about Rifa is if you get in, once you get in, you're surrounded by people with very similar interests mm -hmm. and very sim similar desires to learn more. Yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest advantage of being in a program like Rifa. And there's other programs at GW too that do it. Like Women in Finance is a great organization. I know the president of that. Um, you know, the certain business fraternities in the school business do, do very similar stuff. Yeah. And the, the most important thing with RIFA and these other organizations is you surround yourself with people who are like-minded. So if you're super passionate about finance, like go talk to the people that are super passionate about finance because they're gonna drive your passion even more. Same thing with real estate, same thing with international business. Like that's the most important thing that I think REFA provides. Mm -hmm. Now it is a very competitive program and you yeah. do get access to other things that normal business students don't get access to, but that's just a, a, a perk of going through that process, getting accepted, going through the application. But at the bottom line, it, it's you surround yourself with people who are like-minded, you get all these cool opportunities um, and, and it's just an amazing opportunity. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I think like it's interesting you say that because personally, this is my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like this is how I kind of am leaning towards a particular field. Uh, like, I think it's important to surround yourself with people that are interested in the same field or are, are relatively like-minded, like you said, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because you'll be spending a lot of your adult life working with them and you'll be working with basically those kind of people most when you're at like a, a company. And I think it's important to like experience that before you get into it. You know, maybe you won't like it, maybe you will. Yeah. And I think, yeah. No, it's, it's important to have exposure. Um, that's the great thing about internships. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, they let you have a taste of what it's like. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also even equally as important to like the people that you're working with. Yeah. If you don't like the people you're working with, you could be doing the coolest job in the world. If you don't like the people that you're going to be next to all day, what, what's it's the point, right? It's not going to be fun. Yeah. Or you could really like your team and not like your job, but you have fun doing it, and then it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. Um, so that's – but if people have similar interests and you like them, then that's that's good. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean um, – Thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Yeah, um, absolutely. It was great having you. Um, yeah. No, I, good luck to the team for this year. Yeah, thank you. No, I, I just, I appreciate you giving me this platform to speak about it. I think anybody who knows me even remotely understands that, like, I love rowing. Mm -hmm. I, I love the team. I'll do anything for them. Um, and, yeah, we, we've been through our ups and downs. Everybody has their own opinion about what happened, but... I just couldn't be more excited for this year. 
Um, I think the team has given me the biggest platform to reach out to the community that I possibly could have. And we're just really excited to, to go back and try for another national title this year.